If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. Today I'll be reading Chapter 10 of Wings of Fire, The Lost Air. Tell. Don't tell. Mother needs to know who it is. But if, what if she thinks we killed her? Tsunami didn't know what to do. It was too, too strange of a coincidence. Kestrel turning out dead a few islands away at the same time as the dragonets arrived at the summer palace. As Tsunami admitted she knew her, wouldn't her mother first thought be that the dragonets had killed her with themselves? After the way her friends had been looking at her lately, Tsunami did not want to risk getting a similar reaction from her mother. The, what kind of dragon are you really? And can you be trusted? And who else might you attack? Looks. She wondered about it all the way back to the summer palace. Mercifully, they flew back, giving Tsunami's swimming muscles a rest. But in the bustle of orders and flying messengers, there wasn't a moment to talk to the queen on her own anyway. Back at the, quali- back at the palace, Queen Coral told Tsunami to wait for her and took a few council dragons off for a war meeting. Tsunami sat on one of the pavilion pillars, watching dragons dart about. Who would kill Kestrel apart from Glory and me? That's it. That is. She glanced at the cave where her friends were being held where guards were still posted outside. She, should, she knew she should go check on the other dragonettes, but what would they think when they heard about Kestrel? What if her friends decided it wasn't safe here? Starfleet might convince the others that Kestrel's murderer could be nearby, waiting to kill them too. He talked them into leaving the kingdom of the sea, and Tsunami wasn't ready for that. They were all too mad at her right now to listen to sense. And they were probably pretty grumpy about being stuck in a guarded cave all afternoon, too. It'd be better to wait and tell them everything after they had the chance to see how wonderful it could be here. Tomorrow, she'd ask her mother to bring them out for a feast or something. That would cheer them up. At least a couple of them. Yes, that's a better plan. Avoid them till tomorrow, then tell them everything. Besides, she was so, so tired. Darkness had fallen as they flew back to the summer palace, and now the cavern was lit only by trailing of glowing jellyfish in the water below. Not that it mattered to sea wings, who could see in the dark, but her friends probably wouldn't be too thrilled about having no light either. Another argument that could wait until tomorrow. She was relieved when the queen finally came down from the council level and led her across the lake. Queen's Coral's chambers at the summer palace were in a vast underwater cave below one of the waterfalls, lined with waving tendrils of forest green and brilliant gold anemones. Stone carvings of dolphins danced across the entrance. The waves were studded with emeralds and pearls, and the beds were soft, expanses of bubbly seaweed. The bed was already made up for a tsunami next to anemones. She collapsed onto it with a sigh. Slipping underwater on comfortable seaweed instead of a hard ledge on, of stone was even more wonderful than she'd ever imagined. She fell asleep to the sound of waterfalls splashing overhead and didn't wake up until the next morning. When she opened her eyes, she found the palish, pale pinkish-blue head of an enemy leaning over her. 
Tsunami yelped and leaped back, crashing into the stone wall and bouncing off it in a stream of bubbles. She had a wild brief moment of thinking an enemy had been about to kill her. Then her sister waved her towel and made a stretching gesture. An enemy pointed at Queen Coral, who was still asleep. She clasped her front talons in front of her and flashed some stripes along her wings and tail. Sorry, little sister, Tsunami spread her front talons and shook her head. I wish I could. An enemy flashed her stripes again, then smacked her head, remembering that Tsunami didn't know aquatic. She found in frustration. Tsunami felt equally frustrated. They couldn't sneak off to the surface to talk. An enemy was trapped here by the harness, tethering her to the queen. And Tsunami couldn't communicate underwater. They never have a chance to talk privately. She swam over to her sister and studied the harness. It was made of stretchy, gummy, clear material that seemed to cling to an enemy's scales, as if it had grown with her. It probably has. Tsunami thought, wondering if the poor dragonette would have to wear this until she was Tsunami's age, or even older. Then Tsunami tugged on it tightly. When Tsunami tugged on it tightly, lightly, an enemy shook her head. She mimed trying to wiggle out of the harness and plunge to the queen again. Not possible without waking her up, Tsunami guessed, if it's even possible at all. An enemy carefully eased toward the entrance, glancing back at the queen. The cord between them uncoiled. The little dragonette lifted off the floor and swam up toward the top of the door, stretching the leash to its full length. She beckoned Tsunami after her. Where the waterfall met the lake, just behind the cascade and right outside the cave entrance, there was a small pocket of air at the end of at the end of her leash, an enemy was barely able to reach it with her snout, and Tsunami popped her head out beside her. Clever, Tsunami said, glancing around. Here, they were also hidden from view. If any seaweeds were out and about this early in, summer pal in the summer palace. I hope she doesn't wake up, an enemy said. She blinked at Tsunami for a moment, then burst out. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. She reached out one of her front towns, and Tsunami pressed it. Impressed it like they had the day before. Really? Tsunami said, astonished. But aren't we rivals? If I'm here, doesn't that threaten your chance at the throne? Maybe you can make her less crazy, an enemy said in a whisper. Or maybe she'll set me free now that she has you. Maybe you could talk to her. I need to get out of this harness. Tsunami, you have no idea how awful my life has been. Tsunami stared at her, at her hearing the echo of her own words. Your life has been awful, she said. You can't even imagine awful. Try being raised under a mountain with no ocean or proper sunlight and only a river to swim in. Try being raised by three dragons who hit you and treat you like you're a blobby tadpole. I am treated like I am a tadpole, an enemy protested. Mother doesn't trust me to do anything. You're only, what, one years old, Tsunami guessed. I'm sure that I'll change. Well, I'm mostly sure. Halfway sure, Tsunami thought. And at least she cares about you. She cares about me way too much, an enemy said. I never get to do anything except what she's doing. At least you have friends. I never even see any other dragonettes. Well, I was sort of stuck with those four, Tsunami said. And they're always arguing with me or getting mad about something. She felt a pang of guilt about not visiting them the night before. And then must be wondering where she'd gone. Well... Maybe if they miss me for a while, they'll be more pleased to see me when I do show up. They seem great, an enemy said wistfully. I always wanted brothers and sisters. Don't, don't you have brothers? She snorted. Yes, but Mother thinks they play too rough, and she won't let me near them. 
My cousins are all possible suspects in her mind, except Moray, who's perfect and boring and old and can do nothing wrong. And non-royal dragonettes aren't special enough for me to play with. An enemy sighed, blowing bubbles across the water at Tsunami. I guess my friends are all right when they're not complaining, Tsunami admitted. They complain a lot, though. I tried complaining once, an enemy said with a stab of venom in her voice. Mother nearly got me, uh, got, got me a gag to match the harness. At least somebody loves you, Tsunami said. And you're with your own kind, and you know your own stupid language. She loves you, too. An enemy offered. She paused, glancing down into the cave. Queen Coral was still fast asleep, her blue scales rising and falling smoothly. I hope you'll take Whirlpool, an enemy blurted. Three moons. I was so sure I'd have to marry him. But now you're here, and you can have him, and that'll be much better. No way, Tsunami said, lashing her tail. No, no, no. An image of Riptide flashed in her head, which was ridiculous, because she hardly knew him either. Absolutely not. First of all, first of all, I don't have time to get married. I have to stop the war and save the world, and or learn how to be queen of the seedlings. Second of all, that dragon, no thank you. I'd rather have my tail nibbled off by snapping turtles. An enemy giggled. He's dreadful, isn't he? You're smaller, majesties. And Tsunami smarred, imitating his fake grin and tiny bow. An enemy had to stick her head under the water so her giggling wouldn't shake the harness and wake the queen. Anyway, mother can't decide who we marry, Tsunami said. Really? An enemy said doubtfully. She gets to decide everything else. We're royalty, Tsunami pointed out, meaning we do whatever we want. Gosh, that's not how it seems. That, that is not what I've seen, an enemy said. More like, we're royalty, so we get to learn about historical seeming queens. Would We get to do what historical seeming queens would approve of us doing. For the good of our subjects, for the honor of the throne, for the yawn, claw me to death already. Tsunami laughed, but her gills felt choked and her scales prickled uncomfortably. She never thought of royalty that way. Do queens really have to worry about honor and other dragons' approval? What would happen if a seaweed queen or potential queen decided to, say, marry someone someone the rest of the tribe disapproved of, or choose not to get married at all? It would be harder to rule subjects who didn't respect you. Tsunami had enough trouble with that her usual four. She imagined a whole grumping tribe full of glories and star flights, but none of None would dare argue with the queen, would they? Maybe it depended on the, on the kind of queen you were. No one argued with Scarlet in the Skywings, that was for sure. But Scarlet was murder, murderous and insane. Not exactly the role model I want to follow. She stretched her wings out to feel the splashing of the waterfall. Outside their hidden spot, she could hear the quiet noises of Summer Palace waking up. Dragon's wings fluttering overhead, bubbles and burbled from the bubbles burbled up from the underwater caves where most of the seedlings were sleeping. Pots clattered on the kitchen level of the pavilion, reminding her of how hungry she was. Oh no, an enemy whispered, glancing down. I think she's waking up. We better go back in. Tsunami hesitated. She should go visit her friends now. But what if her mother, what would her mother think if she woke up and found Tsunami yawn? All right, she said, but I have one more question. What happened to Orca? 
If an enemy couldn't tell her, she could put off going to ask. If an enemy could tell her, she could put off going to ask Starfire about it. An enemy's pink tinted wings shivered under the water. She challenged Mother for the throne when she was only seven years old, she whispered. Everyone says it was horrible. She nearly won, but Mother killed her in the end. She glanced down again. It's weird. Mother worships her and misses her, but lots of dragons still hate Orca for nearly killing their queen. Don't ever mention the name around Moray. Moray? Tsunami echoed. She seems a bit drippy, fascist, about as interesting as a sea slime. I was going to say odd. Tsunami laughed, but those work too. Uh-oh, an enemy vanished below the water. Tsunami followed her, swimming back to the bed a few moments before Queen Quirrells opened her eyes. The queen sat up, stirred the water with her wings as she stretched. She beamed at Tsunami and an enemy, reaching to stroke their head gently with her talons. The queen gathered her strands of apparel from the coral branch where they, they'd hung during the night. Carefully, she draped them around herself again, then decorated an enemy the same way. Tsunami hadn't taken off the one she'd been given the day before. Her mother smiled at this and produced another long strand of pearls, these a shimmering pale purple and oddly shaped instead of round. With expert talons, Queen Coral wound them around Tsunami's chest and wings. They were beautiful, but it was strange to have something weighing her down. Tsunami felt almost as if she was wearing a harness of treasure. She wasn't about to complain, though. The Towns of Peace had never given the dragonets beautiful things. Finally, the queen beckoned for, for them to follow her into the pavilion. Tsunami wasn't sure how she felt about being treated the same as an enemy, a one-year-old dragonet. But she did like how her mother kept patting her as if she wanted to make sure Tsunami was real. As they flew up to the pavilion, Tsunami saw several guards clustered on one of the lowest levels. Half of them sleeping, half of them drinking something steaming out of handheld cauldrons. She noticed that they looked well-fed, well-rested, and content, not thin and grumpy like Queen Scarlet's guards in, Skywing, in the Skywing Palace. Proof that my mother's a better queen than Scarlet, Tsunami thought. When the queen landed on the council level, a flurry of winged wheat sounded all over the palace. Council members swept down from the caves or surged up from the water below. Coral settled herself into the largest pool, which was labeled Queen. She tugged an enemy into the water with her, although it was a bit of a squeeze, and the little dragonet had to curl under her queen's wing. Mother, an enemy protested, quit squashing me. She wriggled around until there was a little more space for her. Small turquoise dragons darted in with platters of food, laying them all around the pools of the, as the council members slipped into their places. Tsunami stood awkwardly to the side. She felt like her tail and wings were in the way of everything. Oh, said Queen Norris, said Queen Coral, finally noticing. Tsunami, you can sit there. Tortoise is guarding the hatchery at the deep palace, so she won't be joining us. The queen pointed her claw at a pool two down from hers, labeled Dragonet Care and Tiny Emeralds. The wet stone was chilly under Tsunami's sounds as she climbed in. The pool, uh, pool on either side size of the queen said defense and communication. Shark splashed down in the, in the first one, and a moment later, Moray landed in the other one. Good morning, your queen, Moray said, bowing and dipping her wings. I know yesterday was a shocking day, and I hope you slept well. I worried about you all night. Thank you, dear, said the queen. Her eyes were scanning the rest of the council. Whirlpool flew up beside 
Moray. His poll was labeled Magic and Publishing. Tsunami tilted her head at him. How did one become an expert in either of those things? What kind of magic did he know anything about? She glanced around, wondering if there was a pool for the king, but she didn't see one. Queen Coral hadn't said anything about Tsunami's father yet. In all the excitement about Kestrel's body, Tsunami hadn't had a chance to ask her. Maybe he was at the Deep Palace. Maybe she could meet him later today. She remembered some of the council from the day before. The plump dragon in the room, who'd been sent to the Fae, the other, the dra other dragonette, sat on a pool marked aqua Aquaculture. Feed Aquaculture. Pirana, the one who'd gone with Shark to examine and discuss and dispose of Kestrel's body, was in war. Tsunami didn't know any, didn't know any of the other dragons' names, but from where she sat, she could see the labels: treasury, justice, and hunting. She didn't really, really understand this council business. She wasn't sure what they did or why they were necessary. Wasn't it enough to have a queen? Couldn't Cruel just decide everything herself? That's what I would do, she thought. I'd get rid of this council and run the tribe like a proper queen. Maybe it worked for Coral, but Tsunami didn't need or want eleven dragons following her around, offering her advice all the time. Her stomach rumbled, and she tried to remember when she last eaten. The powders powders around her were loaded with raw r ruby red fish, most of it sliced and deboned and arranged in fancy rolls with seaweed. She'd only ever eaten raw fish and and whole, or sometimes she'd only ever eaten raw fish and whole or sometimes scorched when her friends decided to set their dinners on fire. A few cauldrons held seething mountains of tiny green crabs. Three large bowls contained some kind of salad of octopus tentacles and herbs that Tsunami had never seen before. She plucked one of the tentacles and tasted it. It was rubbery but sweet, with a tangy like with a tang like lemon and salt. She reached for another one and realized the whole council was staring at her. Nobody else had started eating yet. Oops. All the other council eyes swiveled toward the queen, who was staring at the bit of octopus in Tsunami's claws. Coral shook herself and smiled. It's all right, the queen said, clapping her talons together. Naturally, I forgive my long-lost daughter. I forgive my long-lost daughter any accidental impudence. As we all know, she was raised by a barbarian, so she couldn't know any better. I give you all permission to eat. Tsunami crushed the tentacle between her claws. Raised by barb raised by barbarians? Perhaps it was true, but what a thing to say to Tsunami's future subjects. They think of her as the dragon who knew nothing about the sea wing customs. How would she ever earn their respect with that reputation? Was Coral deliberately making Tsunami look foolish in front of the other dragons? Tsunami studied her mother while Coral helped herself to the largest piece of fish, crunched through talonfuls of crab. She dropped bits of food into an enemy's open mouth as she ate. But maybe not. Maybe Tsunami was seeing problems where there weren't any. But maybe it wouldn't hurt to be a little more careful from now on.